Welcome everyone to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing? Doing good, man. I am in the Florida Keys and yeah, this is the last thing I'm going to do before really just shutting out the internet. Fuck yeah, you absolutely deserve it, man. How long are you in Florida for? Till Friday. Till Friday. Oh, oh, you got a while. Yeah. Vacation yeah. mode? Full vacation mode. Twitter right. deleted off my phone. Telegram deleted off my phone. Email Full. automatic reply set up. Not even crypto is going off, huh? Just, just yeah. You, I, I guess yourself. the price went down. <laughs> That's what I've seen. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was paying, I guess yeah. I'm paying attention to the price a little bit more than you are. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm just looking at my little ticker here right now. <laughs> uh, make sure you're on the right microphone. And then also uh, tell me about how, uh, how Bitcoin 2021 went for you. Do I sound that bad? I think I'm on the no, right I, microphone. No, I, I just can't tell. Oh yeah, you are, you are. Okay, sweet. Uh, well, we, we, it was it was good. Uh, I, I retweeted it already, okay. but you're welcome to. How was it? Tell me more. Other than that, that was good. So, well, I got in on Tuesday. Conference happened on uh, Thursday, and it was just a whirlwind. It was a lot of work. Um, I don't know if any of the uh, listeners out there have ever run an event or done an event, but um, you're kind of on your feet the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a really cool experience kind of around three o'clock PM Saturday. Um, that's when like, we realized like, okay, this can no longer like be a disaster. Like <laughs> this is at least minimally successful to this point. And that's when like a lot of relief started to set in. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, overall it was pretty awesome. Just watching uh, the whole thing come together. Uh, I ended up doing moderating two panels on Saturday, one of them was stack was on the uh, stacking stats uh, stage, which is the smaller stage. Uh, and we did the cir Bitcoin circular economy with uh, a lot of really top notch uh, CEOs in the space. And then immediately as that ended, uh, our head of content, Brandon Green calls me, he's like, Hey, I need an emergency moderator for main stage session. Um, and it's with Mike Novogratz and Charles Custari, uh, Custarillo, who is the CEO of Paxos, um, the company behind PayPal getting uh, crypto. So I was like, oh, shit. All right. I got to prepare for that. Um, but ended up uh, pulling that off as well. So got two sessions in, uh, got to get on the main stage. Nothing blew up. Overall success. Yeah. Well, that um, is onwards the, and upwards. <laughs> that is the absolute like perfect skills of a podcaster that you've you've been practicing for that moment for years, and so glad you uh, took opportunity by the horns. Oh yeah, totally. I, I think people really underestimate what doing, you know, hundreds of podcasts uh, actually like you know, it instrumentalizes in you having some sort of uh, interview skills, some sort of, uh, ability to just audible, fuck it. We're doing it live. Right. Uh, it, it's a pretty, it's pretty solid. I'm not mad about it. Conversation leadership. That's for sure. Yeah. So what, and was I the, mean, what was the final headcount? More than 13,000 people. Yeah. Biggest more than 13,000 people at the conference. Yeah. Biggest crypto slash Bitcoin conference ever. 
Yeah. I mean, it also must have been, I, I mean, I could be pulling this out of my ass, but it feels right. But like uh, the biggest event in the world since March 2020. Biggest event in the world since the Super or biggest event in America since the Super Bowl. Right, which was in February, right? Or maybe a very early uh, March. February 2021. Yep. It was like right. It was the Super Bowl was right after you left Utah. Oh. Yeah. Did, people, did 13,000 people go to that, though? A lot of people went to that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, but it was biggest. the Super Bowl. Second, you second know? biggest after like, the Super Bowl. Can't cancel right. this. <laughs> and, it moved, and it moved from LA to Florida, too. Fair enough. <laughs> right. But yeah, so overall, you know, biggest Bitcoin conference ever. Bitcoiners are on the front lines of freedom as, you know, like, I don't think it's a surprise that Bitcoiners were the first ones to, uh, you know, say, fuck it, we're getting together. And I, I really think like the pinnacle of the conference has to be Jack Mahler's announcement at the end of the conference, uh, mm -hmm. where he announced that he had been working with the president of El Salvador and that Bitcoin was going to be legal tender in El Salvador. So, I mean, it's kind of hilarious to see price dip on that news. Uh, but Donald Trump even had to respond to that uh, today, getting on Fox business saying that Bitcoin's a Ponzi scheme. So pretty, <laughs> pretty fucking huge. Amer American boomers are just going to be the last to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Elsa, like, let's elaborate on like, can you, can you just elaborate on why that's like as big of a news as Bitcoiners think that it is? Bitcoin's legal tender in a country. I mean, yeah. it's just like the next thing, you know, yeah. how long has it been since Saylor announced that uh, Bitcoin was going to be a treasury asset? Yeah, I, I, I guess it's, it fits exactly into the Bitcoiner narrative that you got the Bitcoiners have been chanting since like the beginning of time. Um, but why why don't you think it was reflected in the market? I mean, uh, I think the price dipped for about a month after Saylor announced that he was that mm. MicroStrategy was was acquiring Bitcoin. Uh, you know, we we're still in a relief cycle of of you know, um, I guess a, a small blow off top um, at sixty six k, and then a lot of froth in the altcoin space. Uh, yeah, this seems normal. Seems like the market is going to like slowly react to this news. There's going to be a lot of fallout, mm -hmm. but it was pretty insane to see the conference just covered on every major news outlet. And obviously this news and this announcement being like national news. Right. Yeah. There was like just a fuck ton of peripheral stuff, uh, which, which speaks to the magnitude of the actual like centerpiece, which is Bitcoin 2021. Like Bitcoin 2021 was so big that like, all of the crypto people went anyways, even though it wasn't crypto 2021, it was just Bitcoin 2021. Um, I yeah, think, what was I your experience my, like? Uh, so I only went to the uh, went to the actual conference Friday morning, uh, and my experience was that it was definitely oversubscribed. Um, it was a saturated conference, uh, and so like the the main stage, like if you wanted to get into the main stage, you'd have to wait in line and you not you weren't necessarily like able to get into the main stage. You could you could watch it from elsewhere. But uh, it was I mean, it was super attended. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, congrats to that. Um, uh, the, the Bitcoin art I was speaking to you offline about this. The Bitcoin art was top tier. I think that was my favorite thing about the conference. 
uh, just was the sophistication and depth of Bitcoin art, which I think is art. Art is a very telling thing. Uh, and so like when you have sophisticated art, you have like a sophisticated uh, culture, uh, community. Uh, uh, Bitcoin's so deep. Cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, I definitely I definitely wanted to meet more Bitcoiners there, but I also wanted to go off and meet all my Ethereum people. So I'm kind of bummed that I didn't really I, I saw Rob uh, Crypto Bobby, Rob Payone uh, in walking in. I wanted to talk to him a little bit more, but I lost track of him really quickly um, I never got a chance to meet Nick Carter. Uh, didn't it didn't get a chance to meet the Winklevi uh, at the conference, but then they they invited me to their party afterwards uh, and I almost made it but i didn't and i ended up just <laughs> butt texting them later that night instead uh so that was like my highlight of the trip is i butt texted the winkle eye um, <laughs> um but yeah how far I, we I, have I, come yeah how far we have come um I but yeah like I butt texting I, the winkle eye is pretty pretty nice flex right there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing is when uh when they texted me about their party it was Cameron. Cameron texted me. He's like, "Hey, David, is Cameron Winklevoss? Tyler's the other number, as if it would have been anyone else." <laughs> oh man, oh, he loves but, to yeah. see it. Fun times, yeah. So, but mostly my 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 fun times was like the evenings, like five p.m. onwards. Um, partied with Amin Soleimani. That was cool. Luke, Luke, and Lucas from the Bankless Squad. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those things there was too much to do in too little time. Uh, so like time management was really like a really interesting thing. And it, it also very much felt like uh, a college, a college, like very busy, active Friday night or like a college, like trip to like Vegas or something where like everyone is in their own little pods and everyone's trying to figure out like, all right, where's, where's everyone going? Like, who's, where's the party? Where, where's the party at, bro? Where's the party at? Uh, and like people are trying to get into parties and people getting denied from parties. Uh, very, very, uh, the, the whole party scene of it very much felt like uh, college vibes. Yeah. And I mean, the conference itself very much had like music festival vibes. Uh, it was, it was not a conference. It was a goddamn festival. It was a festival of Bitcoinerism. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was. And I think uh, Ansel Linder, who actually went to the conference, he he called me after and he was like, this is the first time I like can confirm in my gut that Bitcoin has gone mainstream. And like yes. the Bitcoin culture has, or subculture has kind of gotten to like a critical mass. Um, but also like the crypto culture and the crypto subculture has gotten to a critical mass. Like how many people do you think were in Miami just to celebrate to celebrate um, Bitcoin and crypto. I think there were equal to, if not m- decently more people who weren't going to the conference that were there in Miami because of the conference. Like, and I would put I would put myself in that mix. Yeah, I would say like so. Let's say there's thirteen thousand people at the conference. There's probably like twenty five to thirty thousand people in Miami right. for crypto, which, which is absolutely insane. Like I was meeting like non-crypto people who were somehow were intermingled with crypto people. Like, and it was one of those things I, I would ask them in the background. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm working FinTech. I work in a bank, I'm an investment banker. And I'm like, all right, well, how are you here with all the crypto people? And I mean, I was kind of drunk, so I can't really remember the answers, but like the answers were non-intuitive. It's not like, no, I had a friend or a connection. It's like, no, we just met people in Miami that were 
associated somehow were involved with all the other crypto people. Yeah, no, I, I bumped into a decent amount of that. I, I was running the store at the conference on Friday, which sucked. Uh, thank God to all the interns who worked their ass off both days, but that was a brutal, brutal task. And I can't tell you how many people like came up to me. and was like, what's the best hardware wallet? And it's like for anyone who <laughs> knows anything about hardware wallets, like that's not a super easy answer. Um, it's kind of a personalized thing. Um, I guess a lot of the Ethereans would say it's Ledger. Um, you know, yeah. Ledger probably has the best support for for Ethereum stuff. But for Bitcoin, it's definitely a lot more nuanced. Uh, there's like four or five like pretty solid wallets out there. Um, so yeah, it was just like it kind of gives you a taste of like you know how many people were there, spent money to be there, a decent amount of money to be there, but yet we're only very loosely or early right. into like the crypto rabbit hole, right? Um, like COVID did two things in, in, in addition to all the other bajillion things that it did, including in and out of crypto COVID do two, did two things, put all of the crypto people who were used to having a bajillion conferences every single month on pause and told them you got to stay home. And then it also made crypto assets like fucking moon. Right. And so by the time that like, it's time to have events, like now everyone is rich. And everyone has this pent up demand to like socialize with other crypto people. And so th those are the leaderships, right? That that's why Bitcoin 2021 was a conference for 13,000 people, not 1300 people. And there are so many normies coming in the, in the wake of all these fun crypto people ship posting and having a good time that they want that. They want to be about that life too. So they'll pay a thousand dollars to try and like tap into the freedom and the energy of, of Bitcoin 2021. Yeah, no, definitely. And, it was like the OGs paid, you know, 300 bucks to nothing because they knew someone. And then like the, let's just say the, the newbies who are just scratching the surface, buying in pledge, very late. Ple pledge tax. <laughs> pledge tax. The, They're the pledges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, seriously, it's just how it is. Um, what do you think we go from here? Like, I, I know for a fact that many other big events were watching this. Right, like we were the number three event on Eventbrite, um, in in the first half of Q1 or of mm -hmm. the first half of of 2021. Again, not that much, you know. It's an achievement, but it's also like that's how few events were actually happening. And one one of the key distinctions that we made versus other events is like other events were trying to be like hyper compliant so that way everyone feels comfortable. And we were like, hey, we're gonna have an in person event. If you don't feel comfortable with that or you like aren't healthy like don't come mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. come at your own risk right i mean and, i and didn't it worked i didn't think about that covid at all and and you, you kind of broke up right there uh i didn't even i didn't think about covid at all while, while i was down there i'm like i'm i fortunately i'm literally two weeks and two days out of being getting my second shot and so technically i'm vaccinated and i'm and i was like cool i'm vaccinated fuck fuck covid like I'll put on a mask if you ask me to, but otherwise, but otherwise, fuck COVID. Like, uh, and that's just kind of what the culture was. Like, it very much felt like COVID was not a thing, except for Ubers and Ubers and Lyft, where you had to wear a mask. And even then, like the live drivers, they weren't wearing masks either. Um, I mean, I'm sure that was one of the strategic choices about uh, uh, Florida um, versus San Francisco, uh, but still, very much felt like COVID was not a thing. Oh yeah, I mean. When we, when we realized in January that Florida was open, 
and mm -hmm. I was living in California and people were, were wearing N95 masks on hikes, you know, <laughs> it became pretty nice. freaking obvious that you know, we should move, we should move the conference to Florida if we wanted to actually have an in-person event. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like it was as if COVID did not exist. Uh, my wife told me that, Hey, it feels like COVID doesn't exist. It feels like we're pretending that COVID doesn't exist. But I think for a lot of people, it's also waking them up. Like, we'll see what the actual um, fallout, right? Fallout is, right? But I mean, even it, right everything now, seemed I'm, normal. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I shouldn't speak too soon because, like, you know, incubation times or whatever, but like, we'll cross that bridge. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, to it. I'm not celebrating too quickly here. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was also talking to your wife at some point in time and, and she was like, yeah, I'm really excited for the Bitcoin conference. I'm just kind of worried about like the potential like PR issues if like Bitcoin 2021 turns into like a super spreader event that like delays like the whole opening up thing by like a month or so. But uh, again, we will cross that bridge if we come to it. I'm, I, my money is basically on, definitely on the, it's not going to show up on the radar anywhere. And I mean, if a Bitcoin event doesn't show up on the radar, then. Then, yeah. I think that's yeah. saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Totally. Especially <laughs> oh, never mind. I won't say that. Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, there's just fucking partying and clubs and like i play i was playing gaucho ball uh and so like mixed drinks like whatever uh and so like gaucho, know, gaucho ball is not covid friendly whatsoever especially with right. strangers yeah yeah it was also it was outside though so no i'm kidding um <laughs> uh okay so here, here's you want to hear my hot take uh, Bitcoin 2021 and Bitcoin as a community culture at large, and especially at Bitcoin conferences, they elevate the loudest people to the stages and the loudest people tend to be the most extreme maximalists. And so the most extreme maximalists get the most airtime because the Bitcoin community and Bitcoin culture gives the most extreme Bitcoiners the most airtime. And so it's the most radical Bitcoiners that get the most airtime. And as a PR and like representation uh, aspect of Bitcoin, it's absolutely terrible. It's, it sets the industry back like years, not years, but like it sets the industry back. Like, you know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. So who, who are you talking about? <laughs> Max Kaiser. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if that's the, the, the specific criticism you're making, I don't think it's that insane. I don't know if it sets the industry back because I think a lot of really important people have credited Max Kaiser as being important for orange filling them. So even though he may not appeal to you, I don't know who knows. Like, I don't think that that's entirely unfair is what I'm saying, but you know, what's hilarious is that a vast majority of Bitcoin plebs complained to us that the main stage had way too many suits and shit coiners and not enough real Bitcoiners. Yeah. But how many, how, how many real Bitcoiners are there? A lot. Yeah. Insane like yeah, but when when they say real Bitcoin, and we gave them stage time, yeah, I'm just in like, I, who who's to say what a, who a real Bitcoiner is? Well, there's a lot of people on the internet who who think that they know. <laughs> but they, but does just that, that's not one homogenous group either, because they could all have conflicting ideas as to who a real Bitcoiner is. 
Exactly, which is why we're in this mess in the first place. Right. Like, no one gets to be appeased. <laughs> but, like... It, it's impossible to appease everyone, for sure. Right. But, like, I would, I, would, I would tend to, like, agree with them, kind of. Like, you know mm-hmm. that I'm definitely much more open-minded than, you know, the average toxic pleb. But at the same time, like... I would also, you know, I would agree and disagree, right? I think that there's a lot of people on there that I consider Bitcoiners that maybe people wouldn't or that I would consider not shitcoiners and people can consider shitcoiners. And then there's people on there who I was like, yeah, like fuck Floyd Mayweather. Like fucking dumb I mean, money I mean, Mayweather. Like that fuck, guy's yeah, a piece fuck, of fuck, shit. Fuck Floyd Mayweather, but can I, also- Can I tell you guys a, a, a story about Floyd Mayweather? Please. So he shows up to the conference wearing a fucking Ethereum t-shirt. No, it was a, it was a fucking Ethereum, like oh. trying to ride off the coattails of Ethereum. Is it like a scam t-shirt? I'm pretty sure oh, it, was he, a fa- it was a fake Ethereum thing. Oh, fake even Ethereum better. T-shirt. Right. So, so he Ethereum, shows up Ethereum wearing scam a scam coin. t-shirt. Yeah. An Ethereum scam coin t-shirt. He shows mm-hmm. up wearing that. Mm-hmm. Brandon Green looks at him and he's like, you have to take off your shirt or else you can't go on stage. And Floyd's like, said, fuck Brand- you. Brandon, Brandon Green told Floyd, Floyd Mayweather he has to change his shirt. Yeah, he's like, no, you can't get on stage unless you change your shirt. And Floyd Mayweather said, fuck you. And then he was like, I'm sorry. Like, you can't get on stage unless you change your shirt. And then That's awesome. And then we, awesome. we, we got him a bunch of Bitcoin magazine t-shirts. And he's like, I don't want to wear that shit. And then he looks at like one of his guys in his posse. He has a big ass posse. He's like, give me your shirt. <laughs> so he takes his like friend's shirt. And then you were in the French church, just some like random design, you know, that's hilarious. Doesn't mean anything. But then Brandon, he gets on stage Brandon and he Green just got Floyd Mayweather to change his fucking shirt. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, I hate that because of what it is, but the fact that Brandon Green told, told Floyd Mayweather he had to change it, that's so fucking awesome. I both yeah. hate it and it's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, if you, if you like that, you should go follow Brand BTC, my boy. Um, he was responsible for like a lot of the content of the conference. I think he did mm-hmm. a great job in general. Mm-hmm. Had to deal also with a shout, lot shout of big out egos. T- Tommy. Yeah, I fucking bet. Yes. So, and also so, shout, shout out Tommy for the art. Yeah, so let's talk about the art gallery a little bit more. I, mm-hmm. I personally thought it was the cleanest part of the conference by far. I thought it was awesome. It was a cool place to hang out. Yeah. Um, it, like, it had vibes. And then, big vibes. Big vibes. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin art is deep. Bitcoin is deep. And we've talked about this Bitcoin and crypto. It you have to be a polymath to like really get it. You have to like kind of have core competencies in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that the artists behind Bitcoin, those those Bitcoin art pieces were like thinking on another level. They're kind of like right. polymaths. Totally. One of the big lines that I really like from uh, Jordan Peterson is that like um history is first written by the artists and it's not written down in words or text. It's like, it's depicted in art form without words. Like you some something you just can't describe. You can only like illustrate via art. And so like history progresses with the artists leading the way. Uh, and I'm definitely seeing that with like the, the saw that, that with the Bitcoin art for sure. So did you see the glass or the mirror full node sculpture? No. So yes. Was... Holy fuck. That was amazing. Oh my God. That must have taken a thousand hours. So I got some facts for you. Oh yeah. So mirror full node sculpture made by fractal encrypt. It's, I think it's seven of, it's either seven of 10 or seven of 21. 
but he, they all have a number. Michael Saylor owns one. Uh, you know, they've been bought slash bid up at different prices. Most of them are made out of wood. You know, uh, this, he makes a sculpture out of wood. This one, he made it out of a mirror. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like really special and really cool. And this one got purchased for 15 Bitcoins. 15 Bitcoins. That's I'm that not, at the not, time that was half a million dollars. Half a million dollars should have gone for more. That, when I was well, walking through the uh, the art gallery, I kept on thinking, "It's like, God damn it, these everything here should be NFTs." <laughs> I mean, a bunch of them were NFTs. Yeah. Some of them, some of them on on Liquid. There's like a couple of <laughs> NFT platforms on Liquid now. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that's too. That's too funny. We we're getting heat for for the NFT presence at the conference. Naturally, naturally. It's weird. Like the thing with NFTs is like one. I feel like NFTs are very good for mass adoption. Like I, I personally think shit coins are good for mass adoption. Mm-hmm. I think shit coins are going mainstream. Like I put out a tweet that got a lot of action, but I was like, Bitcoin maximalists ha- are under delusion that like the the normies are going to wisen up to shit coins. When in reality, shitcoin the normies have just gotten used to shitcoins. Like mm-hmm. shitcoins have gotten normalized. Mm-hmm. Like the stock shitcoin, market has turned into a shitcoin market. market. Yeah, shitcoins and yeah, like this point in fiat reality, shitcoins are exactly what the market wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm happy to gamble on like Doge versus YFI versus rather than like Apple or Tesla. Like. Doge, ver- Doge versus DeFi tokens versus whatever sounds like way more fun. Uh, way more fun to me. I mean, when you're living in clown world, fundamentals <laughs> don't matter anymore. Like it, right. then, fun is more important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's your take on Doge? Uh, Doge is a store of value. So uh, Caitlin Long, she was getting interviewed by someone on CNBC. CNBC. Yeah. Have I told you this? Have I started off the sentence before with you? No. Okay. So she was being asked by the host of CNBC, like, Caitlin, can you please tell us the difference between Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin? Uh, and Caitlin, Caitlin was like, yeah, sure. Bitcoin wants to be a new base money. You know, it wants to be a new store of value, a new currency to denominate in. Uh, and then because Caitlin's kind of like a kind of a Bitcoiner, Caitlin's a Bitcoiner. Then she like yeah. started to like, then she started to define Ethereum and like in her very, very uh, PR, uh, politically correct way, like deaded Ethereum, but only if you know, only if you're in the crypto world, right? So then she turns to Ethereum and, and goes, Ethereum is trying to be something completely different, right? Implying that it's not trying to be a base money, even though ETH is ultrasound money. Uh, and she goes, you know, Ethereum trying to be a smart contract layer, you know, like, you know, uh, in, like world computer, blah, 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 blah. And then she goes, and Dogecoin, it's actually not all that different from Bitcoin. I swear to God, she said that. I was like, do you realize what you just said? <laughs> you just said Bitcoin and Dogecoin are the same thing or roughly not that, not that dissimilar. And the point I'm getting to is that Bitcoin is a meme, as money is a meme, Dogecoin is a meme. And there is so much engagement farming with dogecoin that it's actually a part of the fundamental analysis for dogecoin right tiktok tiktok entertainers tiktok dancers are making dances about doge taco bell is giving away free crunch wrap supremes if you pay in doge or something like 
so PR companies are are may are farming the Dogecoin engagement farm for their own benefit, and it's working, and it's pumping Dogecoin, and it's Dogecoin is a store of value. It's a meme. It's a it's a great meme. It's a for, it's a new store of value. Okay. Well, I mean, I think so. There's a really good podcast uh, on Castle Island with Alex Thorne, and mm-hmm. he talks about Dogecoin. Yeah. Did you listen to that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's definitely some key things that are different between Doge and Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. One of them yeah. is like the actual network itself. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bitcoin network is like a finely tuned machine that propagates blocks like extremely efficiently um, and, you know, clears the mempool very inexpensively. Uh, whereas like Doge is like a really old shitty car that hasn't been oiled in a while. In terms of Doge as a meme, Doge as a mind virus, I completely agree with everything that you've said. And I mean, like, like I have to say, like, I'm definitely accumulating some Doge now. Um, I wish I had like, a Doge position for sure. Well, I, I, I had a small Doge position, and I, I sold half of it at four cents, which was obviously a mistake. Right. Um, I mean, you made a bunch of money yeah. off of it, so you were buying it below yeah. one penny, right? <laughs> But I think, uh, I think well, when, I, when it, now yeah, I'm accumulating GME. at 30 cents. <laughs> so uh, fuck I, me, I have, right? I have five GME shares. And when I finally sell those things for the unit price of infinity, because apparently that's what I can get for them, uh, I will be selling my GME shares for Dogecoin. That's hilarious. Just to well, keep it in the memes. Keep it in the memes. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But like, so there's... I want to talk about something that I think Ethereans get really wrong is they like say like, Oh, Bitcoin, just a meme coin. Bitcoiners are Neanderthals. And like, I think that's completely wrong. That's completely off. And though I think that I, the power for the record, I have never heard Bitcoiners be called Neanderthals before. <laughs> I've never heard oh, that. Before. Bitcoiners are the Luddites of crypto. Ah, Bitcoiners okay, are the boomers of crypto, all this yeah, stuff. There we go. But then like you look at the art, yeah. art's fucking deep as hell. Like you look at the Bitcoin culture, Bitcoin culture is deep as hell. Bitcoin's deep as hell. Bitcoin rabbit hole is deep as hell. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more to it that. doesn't make number go up. That doesn't make number go up. I think that, I think that that is signaling that there's something extremely real happening here. That is a lot more than what necessarily appears on the surface, which is like Mm -hmm. slow block times and not a lot of like fancy features. I agree with you. And here's what I've, and I was saying this all weekend and I've been saying this for years now is that Bitcoin, the idea is bigger than Bitcoin, the crypto network. The idea of Bitcoin is massive. The actual magnitude of the crypto network is not as big as Bitcoin, the idea. Bitcoiners have really big ideas, but that doesn't, and then they, and then they say it's about, that's what Bitcoin is, but it's not actually. It's what they are doing is they are actually talking about crypto not bitcoin so this is where i disagree is like i i kind of see what you're saying but at the same time i think that you just like fundamentally disrespect the legitimate computer network that is the bitcoin network like this thing is an absolute beast this thing has the most beast so, i mean again <laughs> i just said you you fundamentally mm-hmm. disrespect it like that's your base position which is fundamentally incorrect um, well, so but okay, it is so an we'll, absolute beast. Like the, there, the, there are, there are hundreds of thousands of nodes. There's hundreds of thousands of users. It's the wrong. There's like 150,000 uh, tera or 150,000 terahash. 
Um, you're judging on, you're judging bitcoin by how much of, of bitcoin it is one, one of the big things so, that bitcoiners said back in like 2016 17 and 18 is that if it's useful it'll be built on bitcoin that is actually coming true on ethereum where if it is useful it goes in the ethereum app layer and so that's one of these crazy big ideas that is not being found on bitcoin and it is instead being found on ethereum or in other app layers like Cosmos or whatever, right? There are, there are, and so it doesn't matter that, okay, great, Bitcoin has ter- te- X of what a bajillion hashes. Great, it, ha- it produces blocks super efficiently. Great, it has users. It's still just a proof of work scripting language blockchain that does one thing and one thing only, which is shuffle Bitcoins around. And I think that that is exactly what it needs to be. And it's the sound and money app. Yes. That it doesn't is, need to be anything else Bi- than that. Bitcoin is enough. Yes, Bitcoin is enough. Bitcoin is the it is money not, It is not what crypto is. It is just Bitcoin. That's fine. But that's actually a lot more than what crypto even needs to be. I know. Mm-hmm. Crypto crypto can be crypto. Bitcoin will be Bitcoin. Bitcoin's a sound money app. So, uh, And the Bitcoin network, in terms of like what it is for the Earth, it is mm-hmm. bringing the Earth's energy online. So nothing else is doing that. It's the only player in, in, in town and it's extremely, extremely lucrative. And uh, Kathy Wood in a Bitcoin magazine interview I did with her was talking about a consumer energy producer. So an energy producer that is, con- is producing energy for end users, um, 35% of the, fun- of the money that they fundraise was going towards Bitcoin mining. Guess what? Bitcoin mining is useful for balancing their 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 grid, for balancing oh, their production. Only in in so far that BTC has value, right? So like yeah, but it's so those things compound on each other. I don't know. It's extremely that, liquid value network, I, and then therefore, and then therefore, it's worth it to mine it, and therefore, it's useful. And so, if you're if you if your base case is bare that Bitcoin is going to have value, then it's like you're going to get wrecked like and think, even I, if bitcoin lose va- lose loses some value and it loses hash rate on the network there's this thing called a difficulty adjustment right and so this is why when we started off the podcast and like el salvador announces that bitcoin's legal legal tender and i'm just like meh it's one of those things like like great el salvador can make bitcoin legal tender but it can't make it, it the people of el salvador want bitcoin right Bitcoin has to want make people want Bitcoin under its own merits. And Bitcoiners love to say that everyone ultimately is going to want sound money because that's what sound money is. We will see. We will see. But right I'm, now, Bitcoin, the USD chart on Bitcoin, not looking so hot. And like this industry moves real fast. And so like there, there has a big Bitcoin has a limited window, a closing window to make every single person in the world want it. Because as we know, Bitcoin is secured by number go up. I mean, all of these networks are secured by their fundamental value, their game theory by number go up. All is it's a combination of many things, um, and I think Bitcoin's situation is extremely sound. All of its fundamentals are extremely sound, and the price is healthy. Like we're at the 200-day moving average, hovering around it. Like that's pretty much support. Like I think you accumulate here. Again, uh, referencing the interview with Kathy, you know, uh, institutions don't want to don't like to top tick. Um, with that being said, like 
institutions constantly bucketing Ethereum in with Bitcoin, uh, SEC bucketing Ethereum in with Bitcoin. So um, there's no reason to say that Ethereum is not also a legitimate asset. I have a little ticker here at the top of my uh, thing that is Bitcoin, Ethereum and Doge. Those are the three cryptocurrencies I actually even take seriously. Um, so pretty much ignore everything else. Pretty much ignore everything else. Um, it's so I think awesome. that Ethereum's... Yeah, no. I mean, like, I always respected Doge to some degree. Um, mm-hmm. Just because Doge it also has an immaculate... It has an immaculate uh, conception as well. Like the fact mm-hmm. that Jesse Palmer is resentful towards Doge and apparently has sold it all of his Doge is definitely an immaculate conception. Um, mm-hmm. But... What Doge doesn't have going for it is it behind Bitcoin has worse monetary policy and uh, the actual physical network that's on the internet is significantly worse. Like the Bitcoin physical network is the best in class. And um, I mean, there's no blocks that are being orphaned on the Bitcoin network. Like this thing, like if one block gets orphaned, people are like, oh my God, it was a reorg. Like <laughs> that's FUD, you know, <laughs> like that's one orphaned block. Like, that's how fucking efficient this thing is. It's a freaking beast. Yeah, I just don't th- I just don't see the connection between that, which you, may, you can talk about how awesomely efficient and, like, lubricated the Bitcoin network is between that and people actually buying the thing. Like, there is a disconnect there. Like, you're, you're going to have to use other reasons to make other, other reasons for other people to buy. Well, they're going to buy it because 21 million is going to constantly be reinforced as a meme as knowledge as a reality that's enforced by the physical network and 21 infinity divided by 21 million. Um, again, base again. So you're saying like this, like if, if your base case is Bitcoin's <laughs> fundamentals are wrong, Bitcoin's game theory is broken and that 21 million is not enforceable whatsoever, which is, I think is a lot of Ethereum's base case, no, which, what I'm saying. which no, no, which, which again is why Ethereum's are doing all the things that they're doing right? It's like literally the architecture of ETH2 is based on the base case that Bitcoin's game theory is broken and that its fundamentals are wrong and that 21 million is not not possible. It's not based on that. It is that, I mean, that's what I see. Um, That's like it. So based on that base case, then yeah, that's your opinion. But I think that that base Mm -hmm. case is completely off and you have to have a base case that is, uh, if you look at the fundamentals, uh, the base case should be that Bitcoin is sound in terms of its security that uh, 21 million is something that's achievable. Mm-hmm. And the proof of work is a good thing and proof of work is useful. I think, I think the possible version of the future that Bitcoiners always are discounting or just for, refuse to think about is that Bitcoin has modest, modest success somewhere between the price of 60 and $300,000. And it's in a top 10 crypto assets for the rest of time. That's a, Per- perfectly plausible version of events and you know what the bitcoin ultra sound money meme did uh, for the world and the, the scarcity and, and and permissionlessness and you know a net physical network instantiated by math showed the world that that was possible and invalidated the whole entire industry of crypto but not bitcoin necessarily as the number one right it shows the world that all those things that you just said are really cool and possible and viable but they don't have to be instantiated in Bitcoin and Bitcoin alone. And so Bitcoin has modest, modest success. It stays in the top 10 crypto assets for the rest of time, but it's not the leader. And it's not, it's not like manifest destiny to pump forever until the end of time. And it just hovers 100K, 200K, 
maybe 300k call it good we'll see <laughs> like i mean isn't that like this whole game like yeah. and it is about allocating your chips correctly um i think that the best thing that ethereum has going for it is that it is the home of the Cantillon effect in crypto right now. And yeah. we live in fiat clown <laughs> world. Dude. So, so <laughs> ETH uh, really fits in well with fiat clown world, which kind of goes with my thesis that is um, skeuomorphic to fiat clown world. Um, but I think that that's why Ethereans miss why Bitcoin's so important because Bitcoin's actually what's destroying clown world. Like Bitcoin yeah, is like, th but that's the thing turning, is, is it, turning the world back into sanity. The Ethereum app layer is allowed to have issuance or scarcity. It'll have whatever the market wants it to have. Like, does the market want perfect scarcity? Scarcity? Then the tokens on Ethereum will reflect what the market wants. Does the market want seniorage and, and, and like alpha and investment games? Because the world really likes investment games. Like that's product market fit. Yet the yeah. eth Ethereum monetary policy is something much closer to Bitcoins than any sort of fiat currency. What's up, Hunter? Yeah, just it's so it's it's kind of funny. It's like uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Bitcoin's monetary policy is like this, and Ethereum's like. And then theoretically, no, you got, you it's going to go like future, that. Bro. Yeah. Again, well, again, according to your model, <laughs> according to your model, <laughs> not reality. Again, in reality, Bitcoin's stair step. Okay. And you know, as as that reality continues to cement itself, the meme. And the knowledge and the ability for that information to spread across humanity uh, is going to get stronger. I believe that too. Mm -hmm. All right. I think it was a good spot to end it. Um, I wanted Sick. to go to bed like an hour ago. So uh, <laughs> at least oh, we yeah, got this fuck, far. You're still three hours ahead. All right, brother. Well, congratulations yeah. on throwing the biggest crypto event of all time. Shaka. Shaka. All right. All right. Uh, See you on the other end. Thanks, everyone, for listening to POV yeah, Crypto. You, you can follow me at Trustless State, both on Twitter and on Bankless. Christian? Yep, at CK underscore Snarks. And check out Bitcoin Magazine, of course. And Bitcoin 2022. We already got tickets on sale. Tickets so on sale. You, you can buy them for $300. <laughs> uh, we're also dropping a on-chain analysis and market fundamentals newsletter called The Deep Dive. So check that out as well. Sick. Peace.